Welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm Lori LeBay, the host and founder of Alzheimer's Speaks, and I'm thrilled that you are joining us today. For those of you that are new uh, to our radio show, bottom line, Alzheimer's Speaks is an advocacy-based company providing multiple platforms to shift our dementia care culture from crisis to comfort around the world. And we believe that by joining forces and sharing knowledge and just having these everyday conversations about life with dementia, that we can help... um, remove the stigmas attached to memory loss, and help those living and caring for uh, dementia continue to live with purpose. And um, for those of you that don't know, my own mother was on this journey for 30 years. So she started having symptoms in her mid-50s and lived till 86. And for me, that was just life-changing, career-changing. And I tell people her disease really was the biggest gift I'll probably ever receive in my life. At our core here at Alzheimer's Speaks, we believe that collaboration is the only way we're going to win this battle against dementia. And I know it's working because of all your likes, your clicks, and your shares. You see, you've had a huge impact on raising Alzheimer's Speaks profile just by sharing our information. Um, You got us recognized as the number one influencer online for Alzheimer's, according to Share Care and Dr. Oz. And just this last fall, Maria Shriver... um, highlighted us as an architect of change for humanity. And again, that wouldn't have happened without each and every one of you. Um, So many of us have large spheres of influence, and, and some of us have small, and that's okay too. But there are people out there dealing with this disease that don't talk about it. And what I've found from personal experience is the more information you find, the easier it is to reach out and grab it when you need it. So please continue to share our work and our platforms, the uh, the blog, the radio show, our Dementia Chats videos, where our experts have um, dementia and tell us what they'd like to see a world with dementia look like. Um, please continue to share those with all your social media, your uh, LinkedIn colleagues, your Twitter tribes, your Facebook friends, your Pinterest peeps, um, because it does have a big impact even if it just takes a few seconds. I also want to let you know that we like to raise everybody's voice here. So maybe you are diagnosed with the disease. Maybe you're a family caregiver. Maybe you're a business person and you've come up with a a new plan or program or service uh, to assist people dealing with dementia. Maybe you're an author, a singer, a songwriter, or a movie director, or a researcher. We want to hear what you think. Um, This is all about having um, a great conversation together uh, to share knowledge. I also want to mention that November 11th through the 18th, uh, Alzheimer's Speaks um, is going to be taking a cruise, and we'd love for you to join us in the Eastern Caribbean. We have four people with dementia who will be uh, speaking, Harry Urban, Michael Ellenbogen, 
Lori Shear and Mary Reed, along with Becky Watson, who is a music therapist, and Cindy Lazinski, who is heading up a dementia-friendly community in northern Colorado. Um, the interest has been phenomenal. Uh, the purpose and intent is to have people with early memory loss in their families join us. And we've got a great conference pulled together, um, yet plenty of free time where you can engage with people around the country um, who are dealing with this uh, to support you. So just go to alzheimerspeaks.com and you'll, you'll learn more information um, about the cruise. Now, our guests today are um, from the West Central Dementia Awareness Network, and they are doing amazing work out in Wilmer, Minnesota. And I was uh, thrilled to uh, speak to their group and um, do some mentoring as they really got their Dementia Awareness Network off the ground. And so I'm going to introduce our three guests today. Uh, and Andrea Carruthers um, is a registered nurse in public health um, who is retired, and she's a volunteer community educator for this, um, I'm going to call it the WCDAN. Again, that's Western Central Dementia Awareness Network. And her firsthand experience with dementia stemmed from her role as a caregiver for her parents, um, and that within her nursing practice. So welcome, Andrea. Thank you. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Wonderful. I'm excited for this conversation. I've just been so impressed with all the work you guys are doing out there. This is very fun to do. Our, um, Our second team member is Jody Loseth, and she is a retired speech and language pathologist with the Wilmer Public School System, and she is also part of the WCDAN Lead Community Educator. And um, her mother was also diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease about four years ago. So welcome, Jody. Thank you, Lori. Happy to be here. Great. And our, our third team member here today is um, Kathy um, Thornvold, and she is a retired secretary and paraprofessional for the Wilmer Public Schools. And she is currently a daycare grandma, I love that, for two sweet grandchildren. I just posted something on Facebook that there really is no better role in the world um, than that of grandparent. Um, Kathy serves as the co-facilitator for the Forget-Me-Not Memory Cafe that the network has pulled together, um, along with... uh, her sister-in-law, and um, she also has had a grandmother pass away from Alzheimer's, and uh, her mother um, also had Alzheimer's disease. So welcome, Kathy. Thank you, Lori. Good to be here. Well, like I said, I'm thrilled to have you guys uh, with us today. I'm going to throw the first question out to to Andrea, and um, what brought you guys together to develop this uh, West Central Dementia Awareness Network? Well, it stems back to 2009 when a group of nine providers in our community, and they were home care providers, they were respite care providers, medical providers, uh, certainly long-term care providers were at the table, and we decided we needed to address the issues of dementia that were growing in our community 
and we felt that we could do a much better job and have greater impact if we came together, and as you said, collaboration is key in community work. So we started out without a dime, not, not one penny, and um, we just began with the idea that our number one goal was to build awareness of dementia in hopes of being able to reduce the stigma that accompanies dementia. And we began with an education series, very successful. We offered a spring and a fall education event open to the general public. We had guest speakers. Uh, that came not only from our local area, but throughout the state, and had wonderful marketing thanks to our West Central Tribune and our local radio stations, and had great crowds. They generally averaged anywhere from 60 to 250. So that was our beginning back in 2009. Wow, that's fantastic. Um, Now, Kathy, what brought you around to developing a memory cafe in Wilmer? Well, um, when Andrew talks about the the education pieces that they had in the spring and the fall, my sister and I, being caregivers for our mother, were asked to be on a couple of panels for those in um, neighboring towns. And because of doing those panels, when we like to call it WICDAN, the W-C-D-A-N, WICDAN, mm-hmm. when they um, had received a grant, they, one of the, the uh, things stipulations with the grant was that they form a memory cafe. And so I received a call from the gal that was um, in charge of WICDAN, and she asked, I had worked with her with being on those conferences, or at those conferences, um, if she asked if I would be willing to be a co-facilitator of a memory cafe, and I said, what is a memory cafe? And she explained it to me and said, she told me that it is for the folks who have dementia, it's to be a social gathering for those folks and their caregivers. And I said, if it's for the folks with the dementia, I was, I was on board because my mother um, has Alzheimer's. She's been a, in a facility for five years now, diagnosed 14 years ago. And she, um, I could see they would go have their coffee groups, and those coffee groups and friends kind of fell away, and, and they found it more difficult to talk to mom and know what to say to her. And so we started going to an Alzheimer's support group that was here in town, and that group there were several people with the disease that came to that, those meetings, and it was for caregivers, and I kept thinking it has to be so hard for them to listen to the caregivers, you know, talk about their issues when these folks really need somewhere themselves to be able to gather and visit with each other about their concerns. So that's how I got started with the Memory Cafe. Well, I was just so impressed um, with the, uh, the energy of your group and the response of your community. Um, I know that I wasn't able to go to the first memory cafe, but I remember, if I remember correctly, you guys had like 30 people show up, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Yeah. First, we had an open house. We had the mayor there. We had um, lots of community people at the open house, too. And it was so interesting at that open house, the folks that came who had dementia kind of gathered around this little table that we had set up, cafe-style table, and they just started visiting and that kind of developed into our little core group of people who started the Memory Cafe, who started coming. Yeah, I remember making it to the second one, and it was like, I think you had 30 people in six that um, 
or I think he had over 30 people. And then he had six couples that called in and said they couldn't make it or something. And it was, it was amazing because so many cafes, um, struggle to kind of get off the ground. So kudos to you guys for your marketing and your educational programs. I mean, that really shows how much that worked. Um, who, who typically attends your memory cafes, Kathy? We have folks from um, quite a large area. We had a couple that came from Granite Falls. Um, they would come here for a service at Bethesda, and then they would stop by and have coffee and visit with us. We've got people from the New London Spicer area, um, some up by Sunberg, and just small communities around, but mainly Wilmer. Mm-hmm. So. What, would, what would you say is the furthest someone drove to get to the Memory Cafe? I think it probably was Granite Falls, and they have started their own group now, so that um, that couple goes there now. But. Oh, that's wonderful. I know for ours in Roseville, once we got some press, we had people driving an hour one way, which was just, and I mean, we had like 14 couples driving an hour one way, um, which was just amazed me um, and really kind of slapped me in the face of this is such a need um, and the joy that you see on the faces and the hugs, and um, it's just such an authentic, authentic group. I know um, when I came out to yours and I asked who people were, it seemed like the majority of your members at that time were either um, retired farmers or, or preachers. Is that still the case? That was kind of funny to start. We all talked about we all had this farm connection, <laughs> But, yeah, there were, I think, two or three retired pastors that were there also that were that had dementia, and then their spouses were with them. So, yeah. Yeah, it's wonderful. Um, Judy, how, how exactly did you market? Because whatever you guys did, you, you did it right. Well, you know, the marketing has been truly word of mouth, and um, some posters have been put up. Um, I'm part of the education group, and we are giving uh, talks and uh, educational opportunities for our community to, to, you know, create awareness of the dementia and to give them good information about dementia and the statistics and also create more acceptance. So at the end of our talks that are certified and we've been trained by the Alzheimer's Association and ACT on Alzheimer's, we always then... share the information of the other things that Wickdan is doing, and especially the Memory Cafe. We have uh, little brochures that we hand out and answer any questions about any of the other resources that we have. And, yes, and we do have a calendar that we've passed out at many of the health fairs and community fairs that we've attended. Wonderful. Can you give people an idea of some of the educational um, topics that you've covered? Sure. We uh, were trained by the Alzheimer's Association to give two information sessions. One is called Know the Ten Signs Early Detection Matters. And the other one is The Basics, Memory Loss, Dementia, and Alzheimer's. And these presentations go through a a variety of topics, very recent um, uh, facts and figures. So that is, it's very, very current tips on how to communicate, tips on what to do if you think you have some memory issues, um, some of the medical issues, and some of the different types of dementia that there are, uh, many different things that we talk about. 
Our newest presentations or information sessions are from ACT on Alzheimer's, and one of the most popular ones right now is Dementia Friendly at Work. And we have been going out to businesses and to staff in, like, the churches, um, different places that are, have frontline people that deal with people with dementia in our community. One of the most exciting is we've been starting to give that presentation to the EMS people, the uh, uh, emergency people, the... Uh, Oh, my goodness. Uh, first responders, yes. So that has been very, very helpful for that group of people as they deal with our aging community. And the newest one is called Dementia Friends, an hour-long presentation for community people on how to uh, interact positively and caring for others that have dementia and feel confident that they need to stay con connected. And we're all just trying to create, create a, a dementia-friendly community. Well, that's wonderful. Um, one of the things that, that your group might be interested in, I just interviewed a group called the A-List, and they are with Us Against Alzheimer's, um, but they are really trying to grow their list, and they're, you know, HIPAA-regulated and all that, but they're they're really trying to get the voice of those dealing with dementia to researchers on what matters most. And so twice a month they're sending out really short um surveys, maybe two to three questions, um, and people can sign up very easily at www.alist, and then the number four, research.org. That's alist, the number four, and then research.org. And they have, um, Us Against Alzheimer's has some really cool um, uh, variable groups from um, clergy. They just started one for veterans. Um, they have them for different different ethnic backgrounds. They have women against Alzheimer's, but lots of different things. And they're they're doing a lot um, politically um, to help. But it might be something that your group is interested in, and just another avenue on top of the act on Alzheimer's and the dementia friendly movements um, that everyone's kind of working working collabor collaboratively together, which is very, very cool. Um, I love yeah. that that uh, you've got this variety of um, ongoing education. Do you get a lot of question and answer pieces with that, or is it more lecture-based, um, or is there time for people to be able to ask their questions and get some advice back? It's both, Lori. Mm -hmm. um, it is a, a curriculum that is, standardized, developed for the presenters that are trained by either the Act on Alzheimer's or um, Alzheimer's Association, but we always try to allow time for questions and answers. And if there isn't time, we stay around, and we will talk to anybody and answer questions for as long as people want to stay. So it's, it's both. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, I'm going to uh, just ask, uh, have, you, have you gotten much as far as press um, coverage in your area, newspaper, radio, those types of things? I'll speak to that, Lori. It's Andrea. Okay. Uh, we've, we've had marvelous coverage. We're so fortunate. And as a result, the West Central Tribune is a regional newspaper, Mm -hmm. And so it captures multiple counties' interests. And frankly, I think that's why we have had 
person's call from surrounding communities inquiring about our work, and it's really evolving into activities in multiple places. Uh, we have radio stations that are on top of it. They've invited us to be part of their talk shows, and uh, we've had good communication also just out in the general public when we have display booths or if we uh, have been asked to speak, for instance, to service organizations, mm -hmm. generally then they can take our message back to their businesses or their particular organizations. And again, what goes around comes around. So we've been very, very fortunate. I think another thing that sometimes we overlook uh, that has growing interest in our area is the walk to end Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. And that walk in West Central uh, now generally is uh, running about 500 strong attend. And we get good publicity. There's lots of camaraderie with all those that come because everyone that walks has some, some connection with the world of, of dementia. They're either caregivers, they're family members, um, they're advocates, uh, they are persons in healthcare and in the medical field. No doubt that is, presents a very good opportunity for marketing. We get good press, we have multiple information booths available at our walk, and uh, so they enjoy the morning together, but it's also a learning experience. Well, that's fantastic. i got to throw a plug in for our Dementia Chats, and that's a video platform where I interview people with dementia. And we talked about the walks. And I don't know if you um, run into this or not, but what they had mentioned was that they don't always feel the walks are, are dementia-friendly for those with dementia. And they would like to see that changed. And they had some just great ideas about um, even a lot of times uh, the walks will take pictures of people uh, with with dementia, their groups. And they said it'd be cool if there was a picture of those with dementia as a group or letting people with dementia walk first so they're not in the middle of the crowds and the noise um, that for some of them that, that um, it can... Uh, trigger, you know, some uh, behaviors and some symptoms and things. But it might be something interesting just to listen to and uh, and see. We've gotten great feedback from it because it wasn't anything bashing them because they love the walks. They just want to be able to participate more. And I know every walk is a little bit different with that. Do you get a lot of people participating with dementia in your walks? Yes, we oh. certainly do. Oh, that's wonderful. Family teams. We have a lot of family teams who bring their loved one with. And we're so fortunate where we have our walk. It's known as Robbins Island. Mm -hmm. And it is very accessible to all. So we have many that come in wheelchairs uh, or use a walker or cane. We also find that our walk is such where if one who is living with Alzheimer's or another dementia wants to walk along or use their wheelchair, they can go for the length that they're comfortable with, and it's very easy then to uh, just step away from the walk. Others continue. But those individuals then become our cheerleaders 
and it's really fun. We walk by them, and they're waving and cheering, and we use cowbells quite a bit. Uh, so it, I think they feel as if they are participating, even if they can't walk the full distance. Mm-hmm. They get an opportunity to maybe even walk a half a block, and then they are on the sidelines enjoying all the festivities. Oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Um I want to throw this question uh, back to Kathy here. How many people do you think have benefited from your cafe? Because you've been doing it for a while now. Well, and under the grant, we had to keep track of all of that. And um, our first, we started in July. And from July through December, we had 49 people who were took part in the Memory Cafe at some point. Um, we did... From our original core group that we started with, we started to lose a few folks, and I made some phone calls and found out that four of those couples were um, in facilities now. And so we have invited their spouses back, and I'm grateful to the marketing team and the education team both because um, when they have their events and tell people about us, there were we've gotten several new people who said, oh, I saw them at Life Connections, there was a program here, or I was at a something and heard about it, or they've had a lot of friends tell them too. So now we're back up in numbers again. So that's been really great. Oh, that's wonderful. I know with our group, we've ebbed and flowed. We've been doing it like six years now. It's hard to believe that long. And um, we were up to three groups and now we're down to two, but it will probably expand up to three because, you know, the disease progresses and uh, people's lives change, and but the impact um, is so powerful. Uh, we had where we meet in our our coffee shop. They were going to make the coffee shop uh, change it from public to private, um, just for their businesses. And our members were scared to death that we were going to lose our memory cafe. But they said, "No, you're part of us. You'll be part of our private space." And we still, you know, want to support this. And you know, we're just thrilled to death because. It just, um, the camaraderie that is built and the friendships that are developed are just absolutely amazing through these cafes. So um, kudos to you guys. That's something that I have to tell you. We had a um, gal whose husband just went into a memory facility, and they had started out with us. Mm -hmm. And she came last time, and we told her, you've got to come and have coffee with us and let us know how he's doing and everything. And she told the rest of the folks that were there, and some of them that she hadn't met because they were new since they had um, kind of stopped coming a little bit. But she is going to check in with us every now and then. But she told them, you know, she said, when we first came here to this memory cafe, she said it was our first experience in kind of admitting that we had a dementia problem, an Alzheimer's problem. Mm -hmm. And she said, um, we became such a close group of friends. She said we could talk to each other about all of our concerns because we were all kind of on the same page. And she said, I now see you folks out in the community when I'm here at the grocery store or wherever. And she said, I feel like I'm running into an old friend. And she, and that's the way this group has become. It's really, really uh, an interesting phenomenon with this group. Yeah, it's pretty precious. One of the things that, that and I don't think I've shared this with you guys, um, that we have now started in Roseville is we've ca- we've got a group called the Dementia Caregiver Reentry Program, and we have two different groups. Um, one is for people who have specifically lost a loved one, 
And the other group is for those that have lost a loved one or are in the process in the progression of the disease is starting to take a toll. So their life is looking different. So um, loss might be that, you know, maybe they had uh, had to place somebody in uh, a daycare or maybe into a community or maybe they've lost their driver's license or they can't handle the finances or the chores that they used to and they're just seeing their life in a little different light. And um, what we did, because uh, we, were, we were hearing from people, because like I said, we've been doing this so long, that people really loved the format and the camaraderie of the memory cafe, but they needed something in the next step. And so this group is for just the care partners. And um, we, we just kicked it off in November, but the members have absolutely loved it. And, um, you know, one of them really focuses on um, who am I now, you know, trying to figure out, you know, when you've lost those responsibilities, you kind of have a big vacancy in your life. Um, who am I? What do I like to do? What do I want to do? Um, some friends have pulled away and trying to reestablish themselves, you know, as a, as a widower. And, uh, and the other group is going through a similar process, um, kind of helping people prepare for the end, and then also uh, talking about the importance of, of finding that balance. And again, what we did was we, we really utilized the, the format in the open fluidness of the Memory Cafe, because that's what they said that they wanted. And so that might be something, you know, your group might want to consider doing if you're finding those situations. We still have um, many people who have placed a loved one who still come to our Memory Cafe because that is their core uh, friendships. And um, they still have so much to offer the group. And we haven't run into um, really a sadness or a grief process where I know some people have warned me that, you know, it could change the dynamics of the group. But the group is just so authentic and so connected and they want to support those people and uh, do you guys have any rules with your memory cafe if people can continue to participate if they've lost somebody or had to place someone well we kind of feel like um so far those you know there's only two of them that have come a couple of times and you know we've told them feel free to come back and have coffee with us because Mm -hmm. truly they are part of this group and they're part of the friendship that's been developed Mm -hmm. Um, my sister-in-law and I as co-facilitators have, have told them too, this has really been a gift to us because they are so authentic and open with each other and with us, and we just have such fun conversations. Sometimes we'll tell them, um, well, with graduation coming up, we decided, well, next time we said we're, when we get together, if you have any you know, pictures of prom or graduation or um, even school days or anything or stories to tell or things to reminisce about. And, oh, they were all about that. So sometimes we, we do throw those things out, and they come prepared, and they have some great stories. So we've, we've had a lot of fun with this group. Yeah. Yeah, we have, too. And uh, the, the thing that I love about them, too, is they really kind of self-monitor. I mean, they're very respectful of the group what the group needs, and um, nobody wants to dishevel that. Um, And yet um, we've seen these deep friendships um, created where they're they're just really supporting one another 
through these journeys. And it's just, it's been absolutely fabulous to, to witness. Um, It's just really a gift as a facilitator to be, to be part of that. So kudos, kudos to you guys. Um, Andrea, anything new on the horizon that you guys have uh, planned at all? Well, we did uh, apply for a second round of the grant that the state is offering through the Minnesota Board on Aging. We haven't heard anything yet. Hope to hear any day now. Mm -hmm. But we are of the belief we started out with zero dollars. We can continue. Mm -hmm. And we have such uh, a committed group of volunteers who really have passion and recognize the need in the community. And so whether we have a grant or not, uh, we're going to carry on. And it's so interesting, we're starting to get some small gifts from various organizations and churches in our county Mm -hmm. uh, because they have recognized the work we're doing and really want, want us to continue in any capacity we can. So we're going to continue with the three goals we have, and that's building awareness, uh, being there for support, uh, not only for family members, but also for professional caregivers, mm-hmm. and then, uh, continuing with the Forget-Me-Not Memory Cafe, because, again, that social outlet brings about such change with those couples uh, who frankly live in isolation oftentimes mm-hmm. and it brings them out and they share all their wisdom and skill in caregiving with one another. Yeah, it's, it, that, those are wonderful goals and I'm, I'm so proud of the, the work that you guys have done and uh, like I said, the, the way your community has embraced um, this information and taken taken the fear and really just built a whole other layer of community um, within is is just absolutely spectacular, um, absolutely spectacular. Um, Andrea, do you have anything else that you want to add that we haven't covered? Well, I certainly would like to thank our legislators because it was their decision that brought about the creation of ACT Communities. And they decided uh, after a steering committee did a study of the demographics of Minnesota back in 2008, 2009, 2010, and decided that they were going to invest some dollars into community. And today, I think we have approaching 50 ACT communities. Mm -hmm. I think it's very close to 50 across the whole state. And that community can be a city. It can be a facility. It can be a county, a region. And just in our area out here in west central Minnesota, it's not only the Wilmer area, but it's Painesville and it's Litchfield and it's Granite Falls, and Montevideo, and down toward Marshall, um, Sock Rapids up in the uh, St. Cloud area. It's just grown exponentially. And so I think that grassroots efforts are the answer. 
It, mm-hmm. it builds relationship and also creates the passion and the energy to carry on. So uh, I just really thank our legislators, and I know our senator and representative in this area have been so good about um, attending like the open house of the Memory Cafe, connecting. I just saw our representative at our uh, playground, destination playground volunteer construction last week, and he comes up to me not noting that I was volunteering uh, at the playground, but right away he asked, well, how are things going? How, how's WICDAN doing? And um, so they truly have interest in making the whole state of Minnesota become dementia-friendly. Wonderful. Uh, Jody. how about you? Anything that you would like to add? We're just anxious to continue um, offering our educational opportunities to any group anywhere in Candy County, and actually we'll go anywhere, um, and to, to spread this awareness and acceptance of dementia and offer tips. Um, we are looking at doing more community-type advertising through some of the adult education things. We are talking about offering some of our education and some of our videos that we've collected uh, through our library, through our public library, who's been so supportive and gives us space for the Memory Cafe and for meetings that we have. And it's a lovely facility open to the whole public, and so everyone is comfortable there. But we've got a group of 13 trained educators at this point that are trained in one to four of the presentations that we give, and we are anxious to get the word out. Wonderful. Wonderful. Kathy, how about you? Anything else you'd like to add? I know that you um, you and uh, Renita are asked now to go around and, and talk a little bit about your memory cafes and if you wouldn't mind sharing um, how that is going in terms of mentoring others. Yes, we've been asked to um, speak at some of the um, uh, service groups here in town and then some of the churches too and explain about the memory cafe and consequently then we've gotten some donations some money toward the memory cafe which has been great too in our coffees um we also because of the couple that was from granite falls the the caregiver there was a nurse and she really felt strongly that her community needed to develop a memory cafe and so she kind of got the ball rolling and then three volunteers um, from their program came to visit our memory cafe and they were so cute we just had them join right in the conversation and they had such a great time and so then they asked Renita and I to come to their first meeting um, where they were going to be talking to their volunteers for the memory cafe and um, we shared our information and we spoke a lot about the great mentoring that we got from you as well and how we enjoyed visiting your memory cafe so it kind of it you know, it, it just keeps spreading. And I do have to say to this memory cafe, as a daycare grandma, on those days when I get to go to memory cafe, it is so relaxing to just sit with my cup of coffee with all these great folks and hear these stories. It really, truly is the best part of my day. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, you ladies keep up the great work. And um, now if people want to get uh, a hold of you, 
Um, what I've got, and please correct me if I'm wrong, is they can go to www.wcdan.com, wcdan.com, or they can go to uh, the Wickdan Men at gmail.com. So that's WCDAN and then M as in Mary N for Minnesota at gmail.com. If they would like to hear um, a little bit more and uh, talk with you about specifics. Anybody else want to add anything else uh, in for uh, contact information or does that cover it? That should cover it. It was uh, correct, and we hope to hear okay. through this digital world of ours. Wonderful. Well, you ladies, um, just uh, keep up the fantastic work, and it's it's just been a privilege to get to know one of you and uh, or get to know all of you and and um, see the work that you are doing and uh, seeing how much the community is benefiting not only your community, but surrounding communities. And I think that's one of the beautiful things with uh, these memory cafes and dementia-friendly communities is they're, they're far-reaching. You know, um, we, we don't stay within our borders, and people are sharing information so graciously uh, to help others um, formulate what, they're, what they need in their own community. So thank you so much. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you, Lori. Great. Um, for those of you that are new to the Live and Social Network, you might want to check out What's for Dinner Tonight with Rachel Perrin. Uh, she's the culinary director for Kowalski's Market. And uh, her and her sidekick, Adam Lee, kind of join forces and talk about uh, foodtastic friends and, and colleagues. And they chat about seasonal flavors and favorite foods and trendy nutrition topics and kind of everything yummy for the tummy. Their podcasts are usually only 10 to 15 minutes long, um, but they're perfect when you're trying to figure out what the heck you're going to have for dinner tonight. Or you can always go to kowalskis.com for a full uh, seasonal menu selection as well, and that's www.kowalskis.com. Don't forget about... um, contemplating and checking out more detail our dementia friendly uh, symposium in cruise november 11th through the 18th we're going to go to the eastern caribbean um, we have just a, a fabulous symposium set up um, it'll be myself cindy lazinski from northern colorado uh, who is heading up a dementia friendly community there becky watson who is a music therapist and then we have four People living with dementia who will also be speakers. Harry Urban, Michael Ellen Bogan, uh, Lori Shearer, and Mary Reed from across the, the country. Uh, if you are listening and maybe you can't attend, um, but you'd like to sponsor or donate, uh, please contact me at Lori at Alzheimer'sSpeaks.com. That's Lori at Alzheimer'sSpeaks.com. Or call me at 651 651- Seven four eight four seven one four six five one seven four eight four seven one four. Remember, all of our shows are archived. We've been doing this for over six years now, so there's plenty of great information to listen to. I also want to point you to our last dementia chats that we did, which talked about depression, grief, and sadness with dementia. And again, our experts on this uh, video chat all are living with dementia. And they just have some great insights. 
you can just go to alzheimerspeaks.com and you'll find that on on our homepage there. Also, maybe you're a community um, or an organization that is trying to raise awareness about dementia and caregiving. Uh, I've got a great film that I have access to called His Neighbor Phil, and I'd love to talk to you more about that. In the meantime, have a great week, and um, I want to thank all our veterans, too, for, for their support, and hopefully everybody had a blessed Memorial Weekend. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform.